Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. Sons of Ares and Daughters of Athena, welcome to another episode of Phantology. This is me, your host, Ryan, joined with Jake. And today we will be discussing Lightbringer, book six of the Red Rising saga. Not to be confused with Lightbringer by Weeks. Brent Weeks. Brent Weeks. Brent Weeks. Okay. Yeah, not to be confused with that one, although both are good. They are very different. Did one of the Will White books that came out, wasn't that named Lightbringer as well or something? Maybe not. I, didn't, yeah. I haven't read any of those. I mean, I'm only familiar with his Cradle series and none in that, none in that okay. series are called Lightbringer. Take it back. But to give you guys a quick recap, Jake and I are first time readers for this second, the second part of Red Rising, the Tetralogy. We both were kind of iffy on... Iron Gold, and then we loved Dark Age, even though it made us very sad. At least me, very sad. And um, that brings us to Lightbringer, which uh, should we uh, go into our spoiler-free thoughts first, Jake? Yeah, right off the bat, I'd say it's a solid follow-up to Dark Age. I think it does continue the momentum of Dark Age, but it maybe slows down a bit. I don't know, maybe... I feel like Dark Age was a little better, but I still really like this one. And Mm -hmm. it could honestly just be the contrast between Iron Gold and Dark Age was so stark in terms of like how entertaining Dark Age was. Dark Age, I felt like reading it, I was just like enthralled, whereas um, Lightbringer was more, I wanted to see what happened next. And so like, yeah, I wanted, I was excited to see where things went, whereas Dark Age, I was just like, stuck in each plot's moment and time in a good way i felt like there were more jaw-dropping moments in dark age yeah and in lightbringer there were more moments that weren't i mean there were a lot of jaw-dropping moments don't get me wrong but there were more moments that were like you know exciting still page turning like want to want to see what happens next but in dark age it was like i have to know what happens yeah, and in, in Dark Age, I feel like there's a lot more uncertainty. Yeah. And like hopelessness almost. Like things did not look good. And so you're like so mm-hmm. involved in every character's storyline to see like, how are they going to get out of this mess? You know? Yeah. Um, well, there's a little bit of that in this one, but less. The stakes didn't seem as high. I Not to critique Lightbringer at all, honestly. Like I was thoroughly entertained. But just that's more just to the credit of how good I thought Dark Age was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that they're both, you know, kind of peak Red Rising. Yeah. So, I mean, if you love the first trilogy, you're going to love these books, too. Yeah. Dark Age, I think Dark Age is his best book in writing, and I think Lightbringer is a close second. Okay. 
that's those are my opinions on that. I think still continuing on spoiler. It's it's fun to see what happens. Like so much happens in Dark Age, and Lightbringer is great because you get to see the continuation of that. And there were so many things that ended and and like uncertainties in Dark Age, and it was cool to um, it was entertaining and fun to get like the continuation of those plot lines in this. Mm-hmm. I, this is like I don't think this counts as spoiler. I feel like you get do you get like more Darrow in this book? It feels like more Darrow in this book than the last yeah. one. I think so. I, I think so. I mean, I was reading like as a recap because it's been like a couple months since I've read this book and it seemed like this is more like a return to form for Darrow. Yeah. Whereas Dark Age seemed almost like Lysander, more Lysander's story than Darrow's. This is kind of like the other side of the coin. Yeah. It's more Darrow's than Lysander. Yeah. And it has it has more of a feeling of like book two or three of the first trilogy mm-hmm. in terms of like, like you said, Darrow's kind of returned to form and, and even the plotting, it feels more like that. Cause you're, we're coming up on the end of the storyline and it feels very much like that. Yeah. Which is interesting. It, it's interesting because this is called Lightbringer who is, you know, I, I think it's Lysander, you know? Yeah. That's what he it's... names the morning star. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you'd figure this would be more of Lysander's story. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of edging into spoilers on that. I can't remember if you yeah. named that in this book or the last one. My bad. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, well, let's 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 get into spoilers because I feel yeah. like we, we both really liked Lightbringer. And if you're this far, of course, if you're this yeah. far into the series, of course, you should read it. There, there's not really anything to stop you from doing that. I will say one weakness of Lightbringer is I think it feels like so many new ideas are being introduced and Lightbringer, the way things developed, kind of feels like there's not enough room in the story to give them all Okay. due course. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my one criticism without going into spoilers. So I do, I wonder how the last book is going to end the legacy of all these plot lines. All right. Well, we're we're getting into spoilers now. So if you have if you have not read Lightbringer, stop listening now. Come back when you finish the book. Jake, I want to first start off by I, I think I think I disagree with I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I disagree to an extent with with what? <laughs> with what you said about there being more problems in this book. I feel like or I mean, Lightbringer introducing more problems for Darrow. I, I don't think it was introducing more problems. Wait, are are you referring to when I said like there's like plot lines that I don't know how he's gonna resolve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't think this one necessarily introduces them. It feels like this book resolves some of them. Oh, okay. Quickly, right? Namely, since we're in spoilers, the uh, Askamani and the parasite. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this the, one really counts. The fear night. 
The fear. I don't think the fear night was ended too abruptly. I feel like that had a good arc. Oh, oh, I thought we were just talking about endings in general. You're talking about abrupt endings. Uh, ones, ones where I felt like they introduced this new concept and it didn't have a good amount of time to like breathe and develop. Mm. And then uh, the, I was disappointed. The abomination had like no uh, presence in this series, and it's kind of related in that like you introduce this huge game changer, but then it's not there for a whole. It's introduced in book two of a four book saga, and it's not talked about at all in book three. And so it has one more book that it can be in, you know, and so it just doesn't feel like it's going to have enough time to really play out well. Right. I mean, so I I didn't really like the Abomination storyline, and I guess it'll it'll we'll see how Pierce Brown like continues it like if he goes in a different direction than the Jackal, because I was kind of like the Jackal was part of the first trilogy and he was a great villain, but yeah. that was resolved. Like, I think that that should kind of stay resolved. I don't want the character like brought back just to be the villain again in this tetralogy. Yeah. So, I mean, that side of me that didn't really like the storyline was resolved or was relieved to see the jackal not be part of the story or the jackal 2.0 um but i get what you're saying where if it, it's weird that you introduce such a huge plot point and then almost and and the character you don't even see them for a whole book and like in the book he does appear things are wrapped up too neatly in my opinion like he has this crazy coup essentially you know that's mm -hmm. executed and then I guess Severo doesn't escape, but Virginia escapes and he's kind of like, it's like the impact he had played out in a chapter, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and then it was done, but you're introducing this character. It should be an ongoing conflict with them instead of just the events he caused. And, and so I felt like he was like underutilized, honestly, in in a dark age. And I was like, well, maybe let's see how it like develops out. And like you said, I, he has to be developed in a way where he's very distinct from the Jackal, which they have the potential to do. But then if he doesn't show up in a whole other book, it's like, it's he's not going to have enough screen time to be really well done, in my opinion. But we'll just mm -hmm. have to see how that plays out in the last book. But yeah, I think we're on the same page there where it's like, yeah, could potentially be good. But so far, it's it seems like maybe too many things were introduced in, in this next saga to juggle them all well. One thing I remember reading when when I was initially looking at like when is Lightbringer be going to be coming out and there was like quite a long time like longer than usual I feel like for Pierce Brown in between in between Dark Age and Lightbringer and I think he wrote a significant portion of this book and then realized that I think one of the core directions that he went with writing was wrong for the story so he ended up having to like scrap or rewrite a significant portion of the story and i wonder like what that was related to i'm not sure if he's talked about maybe it is related to you know jackal the abomination because of this absence yeah it, it's a it's a weird absence right like mm -hmm. it had one of the most jaw-dropping moments in dark age yeah and then, with with the whole what, what what did they call that day of uh, like red doves or something yeah, like that uh-huh yeah so much build up to that and then executed so well and then virginia just kind of slips away 
I think that, and it continues at the beginning of this book, it was kind of surprising and like uncharacteristic of the Jackal to just like sell Severo to Apollonius, like in an auction. Yeah. And it seems almost like, is there like some other part of this story that we're missing? You know, like, yeah, is and we know that like the Jackal had or uh, Virginia had some sort of like, what was the chair that Octavia used to kind of like yeah, brainwash people? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if the Jackal had used that on Severo and he's now like, you know, like a Zoolander assassinate the vice president of Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, or uh, to spoil Elden, <laughs> a, a, point, a part in Elden Ring, if he's got some like life programming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the wolf guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you did uh, Ronnie's quest line. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, and I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, like there's there's ways he could pull it off, but it would have to be like, okay, lots of things going on in the background that then mm-hmm. come to a head later. It just, I don't know, the way they characterize the abomination is like a child, you know? Yeah. And it does that doesn't really seem in character, but maybe it is. We'll have to see. He's still cunning though. You know, he yeah. orchestrated the day of red doves and was like a criminal mastermind. Yeah. So it's not like even That's though he, he even though he's more childlike, he's still not stupid. And that seems like a stupid move to give up like such a big asset like Severo. Yeah. I ideally I think the plot line would progress where he's like a bigger and bigger conflict and then Virginia can like use the like her knowledge of the jackal kind of like she did in Dark Age but like that being crucial to defeating him. Mm-hmm. I feel like that played out I don't know. It like played out already. And like maybe too early. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think of the the battle for Phobos between that was, Lysander that was, and Virginia? That was really well done. That that was a mm-hmm. that was like a continuation of the momentum from Dark Age for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. That was really cool. I love to see like the uh the ploys they used in battle, like the strategies, and then pivoting like once they realize what the strategies are and I think it was like true to life to where like both sides were hurt pretty bad by that. And, mm-hmm. and so the, like the truce, I don't know, if tr- not truce, but like the agreement, the compromise they make was really well done. Yeah. And like it felt, felt earned where it's like, okay, I get a sense that there's some relief on Virginia side while still like knowing this is just buying time. And then you think it's buying more time than it is in the next chapter. You find out like Lysander's next plan Mm-hmm. which then in classic and this one feels much more classic red rising in that it's like okay virginia's safe the next chapter no she's not she, in three more <laughs> days she's gonna be destroyed and then at the end of that chapter oh wait she has more time because lysander's been poisoned you know what i mean <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's very uh red rising and then they they like kept like out maneuvering each other in like different yeah. ways yeah during the battle yeah that was really fun yeah really good intro i think that was like the first part of yeah this, of the book right that was really and, good and then after that we didn't really see virginia much for the rest of the book yeah i liked her we, we get to see her more from darrow's perspective the rest of the time on and i like to see their relationship more i'm kind of missing that like mm-hmm. i don't know i wish we got to explore their relationship more i don't feel like we ever really did even in the first trilogy you know it's yeah. always been like secondary to the other 
plot. Yeah, it was kind of like I don't know. I I, I did like I I did like the romance a lot and and their relationship a lot in the first trilogy and thought that it was well done and it wasn't like yeah Virginia was just there to be like a piece you know somebody for Darrow to fall in love with you know she had her own story her own character she was like very important and I I, I feel like that does evolve like she evolves as a character but like her and Darrow's relationship hasn't like grown a whole lot it, it was like yeah it was kind of addressed in um Dark Age I do feel like with Virginia's viewpoints and she kind of tells Darrow like at the beginning of the book like you know now you need to trust me like I'm gonna yeah. do what I do best and like you know be a politician and then she ends up kind of failing him at the end of the book you know where where she where she obviously well, is outmaneuvered yeah. by the jackal and not able to deliver the aid that he needs to win although she did send some aid that in like her contact with Cassius right yeah that's true that's true. I but, mean, I, no, I'm yeah. not, I mean, Darrow obviously failed himself, so it's not yeah. like it was all up to Virginia. <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to say like their romance wasn't done well. I, I, I'm just more because most of the development is off screen, like in between the series and off screen. I just get more excited whenever you get to see them actually interact together. Yeah, and that develops a relationship, which uh, kind of uh, that's kind of a good segue into the whole Quicksilver part like that right. again that was a good redirect as well I, that's like a, a stereotypical uh, not a bad way but like a classic uh, red rising redirect where they're sent one area to get something they get there the plan doesn't work out that's a pivot i really liked mm -hmm. quicksilver's idea and i i think it's like a a valid point especially when you get to see so much from lysander's pov and like how he views the colors and everything it's like really because even if like in like Darrow and Virginia's perfect society, humanity is so stratified artificially, you know, like reds are always going to be the, the smallest, the weakest in that mm -hmm. way. And like, it's unnatural, you know? So like, I don't know, I feel like Quicksilver has a good, a good point that in order to undo all this and not lead to more like resentment later and like oppression later, which is just inherent when you have such like vast differences of ability and power that you need to just go back to pre pre-colored society that way yeah you just need a reset i i yeah. agree I, I i liked how they went out looking for quicksilver thinking like you know he's been diverting so many resources yeah. he's gotta have like some weapon or army or like fleet of ships like something that's gonna help in this war effort and it's kind of like oh like thanks for coming all this way we're, we're leaving you know like yeah, going off into the sunset. And like, I get the sense of betrayal that Severo, especially, and Darrow felt at it. But at the same time, like, Darrow and Severo try to save the society and the Republic or or the Republic. Mm -hmm. And Quicksilver's got to, like, he's looking at the, the larger scale. Like, he's trying to save humanity. Yeah. And I, I think he's right in that, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a perfect ending would to never see Quicksilver again. And yeah. like, maybe, maybe like at the end of the series, if Darrow wins, which I'm I'm supposing he does, then they get, like receive a faint signal, just indicating that Quicksilver has found a habitable world or something like that, and that's all you get yeah. from it. Yeah, that would be. Um, I, I I agree. I think it would be kind of nice, like you just never see Quicksilver again, because yeah, hopefully that would mean his plan works out. Yeah, honestly, maybe 
maybe Darrow and Lysander, like it's a like they'd annihilate each other and the solar system is wrecked, but we know Quicksilver's out there mm -hmm. resetting humanity on another system. What if he did another series like millennia in the future where it's like Quicksilver's like descendants uh, yeah. rediscover the, you know, the society or, you know, what has become of the Republic, the society, all of that. That would be kind yeah. of that would be kind of cool. Very out there, very different, obviously. Or if they come back like conquering the society, <laughs> you know, yeah. like and they're like super advanced and they're like easily sweep away. Then, yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that was disappointing to me was the parasite. And yeah. Leary is just kind of like, I don't want it in my head. I mean, I guess maybe they're I'm trying to see how like this this might be maybe i'm just like trying like i'm just thinking o'leary is going to become like some cool like yeah. assassin or like have all these cool abilities she's going to discover from this parasite or it's it's going to have you know like maybe there's some other life out there Th those yeah. are kind of the avenues i was thinking that the Same. parasite would go to and i guess it was just a little disappointing yeah and it's i feel like it's it's it obviously it feels like an obvious red herring or like Chekhov's gun of like okay we're gonna do this but it's gonna wipe some of your memory and like like does she clearly still have the parasite like there's two options this can go down she doesn't have the parasite and that's the end of it and that's disappointing or she does have the parasite in the future and this is kind of like it's like then what was the point of like going there at all you know mm -hmm. and like I don't know I thought I thought she saw the parasite like after it was take after it was removed. She did, but I, I'm just maybe I'm thinking, maybe it was some decoy or something. Yeah, yeah, just because they emphasize so much about losing memory either way, you know, and mm -hmm. and part of me is like it'd be so disappointing if that's the end of that plot line. But again, I wonder. I'm I'm worried that it was. I've juggled too much. I have to tie some things up so I can focus on the big. Right, and and I do see that now with with both like the abomination and with this it'll be very interesting to see what happens in red god yeah with with things because if I, I agree if these are not addressed further that will seem like the most likely scenario is just pierce brown introduced too many things and realized like you kind of need to tie up some storylines maybe in an unsatisfying way so that you don't have like you know insanely long books or you need to extend another book or two yeah and like and even if you like you just make a book that's longer it might just be like i have like i'm not sure where this could go to tie into the actual mm -hmm. like main conflict and so like you can try to force it in or just cut it and it, maybe it's better just to cut it rather than yeah. force it but um i felt like that kind of as well with the whole Askamani. I'm not disappointed in the arc of the Askamani. Again, it's just like they were really, they were really introduced in Dark Age. They're introduced before that in uh, Iron Gold, I think was the first time they were, but they weren't mm -hmm. on screen really. It wasn't until Dark Age at the end that you get that epic, like at the very end of Dark Age 2, you get that epic confrontation and like introduction to them and Volsum Fa slays Sefi and like, and mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of his name now. Is it Ibrahim? Abraham, Abram, the mercenary, the gray mercenary. Yeah, how do we not? It's one. It's it's a variant of Abraham. 
um, yeah. for sure. But uh, nice, <laughs> nice yeah. cattail. And then, like, I, I thought it was a really good twist to have them working for the Fear Knight the whole time. I love the Fear Knight as a character. I think he's so well done. It was mm-hmm. cool to get more, like, of him. You got a little bit of him in Dark Age, like, more inside his mind. But I, I loved getting even more of him on screen. And I think the yeah. arc was really well done. Again, it's just kind of disappointing that the Askamani were introduced as this big threat at the end of Dark Age. And by the end of this book, they're basically taken care of i just wish mm-hmm. they would have lasted a little longer it's not as egregious as the abomination or the parasite by any means but so it felt it felt disappointing to not see that conflict uh continue on right i think that it was like volsung fa was wrapped up like you know relatively quickly like within a book but i do think that this ending was like hinted at throughout like it, it wasn't it wasn't like it didn't seem like Pierce Brown had to pivot because we knew that the Fear yeah. was had like fought the Oskamani and yeah. um like so there was some connection there. Yeah, it was all set up for sure. But with that being said, it was it was kind of interesting to see, you know, Volsung Fa was really just like this, you know, it's like, like an kind actor. of yeah, an <laughs> actor, like an educated, an educated obsidian. He was also uh, Ragnar's dad. You know, you like, you imagine him as a warlord, but he's kind of like, you know, just, was it Lysander who he was talking to, like, um, on the planet? Yeah. Or when, when Lysander basically came in and it's like the Fear Knight and all of his buddies and, you know, they're talking around the table or whatever. But I will say the fight between Darrow and Volsung Fa was like, you know it was way yeah it was and that, awesome and that's a, that that's why like this is like a half critique i guess because like you said this was it didn't feel like a pivot at all mm-hmm. this was like set up and like executed well and had great moments in it it was just like i would have it, they seem like such a big threat i would have expected them to be part of like the climax of the series you know whereas they're basically like dealt with you know yeah i mean they're like leaderless so they don't really have like a coherent cause but it feels like they're it's like clearly Mm -hmm. they're gonna the majority of them in my mind feel like they're clearly gonna fall under uh volga um volga yeah you think she's gonna be able to control the ascomani or just the volk i think both i think they're both gonna recognize her as like because the ascomani seem more like they followed volsung fa because of his power whereas volga like they wouldn't necessarily recognize her. Yeah, I think, well, she did kill Volsung Fa, though. So I think that's going to go a long ways. Yeah, and, that's true. And I think, maybe not all of them are going to fall in line, but I think the majority of them and the Volk will, and then the rest will either just be like leaderless bandits or, you know, not a threat at all. Man, I need to go back and reread the battle between so great. Fa and Darrow. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was so well done and i loved like like the fights were fun and then also like at the very end when daryl finally catches up to him and he's just like pleading you know like all pretenses dropped like Mm -hmm. such a cool like character moment to see that oh man yeah also diomedes man what a character i he's he's awesome right yeah he that i mean this series has some of the best red rising characters on both sides good and bad like 
we'll get to Lysander, but Lysander is really well written. Like he's a really good character. Diomedes is kind of who I thought Lysander would be. Yeah, we're, and that's we talked earlier, uh, and I don't know if we were talked if we talked about this on the podcast or just in our Discord, but whether Lysander is a foil to Darrow or to Cassius, mm-hmm. I think he's a foil to Darrow. Like he is not on Cassius's level when it comes to like honor, and and I don't think anyone's on Diomedes' level when it comes to honor <laughs> either. Yeah, I guess I just see them as both like you know being molded by the society and their families and i mean i because i guess is yeah maybe they're not maybe he's not really a foil to cassius but they cassius like raises lysander yeah for a lot of like you know decade at least and then he starts off i think like emulating cassius and like kind of trying to be cassius and then you know goes like I guess the beginning of this is almost like a fork in the road for them. And they both just go like very different directions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does like he has that Cassius education and example. And then I think he realizes more and more what he wants is more important than not not that he's like a well, <laughs> he did go backstabber at the end of the day. Yeah. But not like he's more he's more like Darrow to me, where like Darrow will do what it takes to get what he thinks is right. And I think that's what yeah. Lysander is. Mm-hmm. like comparing darrow sacrificing the cells that turn into the daughters of athena right and like to like that is something lysander would would do you know like mm-hmm. that is comparable in my mind but diomedes man what a guy like he, his worldview has been shattered so many times and he's just like pivots you know to like okay yeah. this is the most honorable thing i can do at this time you know and and like his realization that the society like stood for this and it failed. And so we need to like, it failed. We need to like, mm-hmm. l- like live up to our side of the bargain. But I, I originally brought this up because the fear night, man, he is well, like not just like well done in that. Like he's a great villain. Like I feel like he's written well enough that like, I get everything he's doing, you know, yeah. like I get his mindset. He's, he understands the theatrics that like to his benefit, like how to use them to his benefit. And also just his mindset, and I think he said this in Dark Age, but just like, yeah, he does some horrible things, but less people die because of it. And so, and like the war will end quicker because of it. And so like, if you look at things, if you're looking at it, just an accounting of human life, like he's he, he's in the right there, you know, even though he's mm-hmm. like torturing people and doing like these horrific things. And then he's just so smart with like all the Volson yeah. Foss stuff. Like, yeah, he's not... And he's not like a monster, you know, like yeah. his reputation almost would make you believe. Yeah, he doesn't enjoy any of this. It's just he has a job, he's going to do it, and he's trying to do it the most efficient and mm-hmm. uh, like cost effective when it comes to people dying. <sighs> Such good characters. And then the ending, well, with um, with the battle but where Cassius and Lysander ambush yeah. the Fear Knight. Yeah. It was epic and tragic and you know yeah obviously led to the the moment moment, yeah (laughs) so like reading reading these being the one who was reading these after like everyone i talked to had already read them like i knew everyone hated lysander and i was like nothing he's done makes me hate him like yeah he's on the opposite side but he has this prejudiced and naive view of what the society should be you know what i mean like he's looking back to that ideal that diomedes believes was broken of like 
the society has to be strong to protect everybody. Like you can't have this equality and the protection and like a, the best like version of their lives. So that's where the society comes in. And like, he really thinks the goals need to change for that. But, and like, but going into that where I knew they were going to go fight uh, the fear night together. I was like, this has got to be it. Then this has got to be the moment where white people still hate Lysander. Cause nothing he had done was like that, that bad. And then like leading up to, yeah. it, I was like, I was like, you know what? He's probably going to kill Cassius. And I think like that makes sense for his character. Again, that's something Darrow would have done. Not maybe to, maybe not kill Cassius himself. Like, you know, but they, but they had a different relationship, but like Darrow would see like, if he, maybe Arco, is it Arco Lauren? What's his name? Lorna Al Arcos. Lorna Al Arcos. I feel like that's a more similar relationship. Not nearly the same development, obviously, but like if he had to fight Lauren, like one V one to get like the Republic to be made, he would do that, even though he respected Lauren in so many ways, but ideologically they're on opposite sides. Like he would do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, he's going to kill Cassius. And, and I was like, I, okay, I kind of get why people are mad, but I don't think they need to be that mad. But what did it for me and and probably for everyone was when he just blatantly lied about it and just like disrespected Cassius's whole legacy, you know, for like everyone to see. And like, Mm -hmm. he like holds up the, doesn't like hold up his dead body and like, or like, he like, he just totally disrespects it. I feel like I blocked this from my mind. Oh man. I just, I just remember like, Cassius kind of being like you know declaring like I am Cassius Albalona like listing his things he says like yeah. Darrow's brother yeah um, my I honor that. stands my yeah honor yeah or my remains, honor my... and then I I I don't know like he has kind of like a sad smile like as he realizes yeah. that like Lysander is you know going to betray yeah. him but you know it's definitely like everything leading up to that point you know like everybody just seems like the gang's all back together like oh lysander's back yeah. on the path of good and you're like oh crap like something bad's gonna happen and it's probably gonna be cassius like the whole book cassius and darrow are just you know like buddying up like yeah it's getting too chummy yeah <laughs> it's too good and, and cassius is um he's he was like becoming really good friends with was it with lyria with lyria yeah yeah and he fell in love with that the pink who was a daughter of Ares, right? Yeah. So it was like you know he was becoming like a man of the people. Yeah, and like he saved like when they went to infiltrate was it Io? I can't remember what moon or planet they're on, but when they first encountered the um, Askamani, you know, and they're like, no, we got to be like quiet. And he's like, no, I got to go save those people. You know, mm-hmm. like such good heroic moments. Yeah. It really reminds me of um, I can't I, I just realized it's a big it's a big spoiler but like there's a character from the Stormlight Archive that everybody says f this character yeah because of yeah they have a similar I feel like character arc if okay I am I'm on the I don't agree with the f that character from Stormlight first of all and okay. if he had if he had just stopped at killing Cassius. I would think he's on par with uh, that character. And I'd be like, okay. I get why people say F that, but like. He went beyond that. Lysander is even worse than. He, he's worse. Yeah. He's worse because of how he, re- how he used the death of his 
mentor father figure to lie, spread propaganda just so he could win. That was like, that was a betrayal. Like that was a betrayal of Cassius. Killing Cassius wasn't a betrayal of him in the same way. It was like, and I think that's where he he does differ from Darrow is I don't see Darrow besmirching one of like Lauren's legacy and like or, or like was. like Roke's legacy. He didn't besmirch Roke's legacy. You know, mm. he lied about um, the the nukes or whatever. But like he wasn't like broadcasting what a pathetic loser Roke was. I salute like yeah. Lysander went like way too far mm. and like when that without getting into many spoilers for Stormlight that character we're all referencing that if you've read Stormlight you everyone knows I don't think he's <laughs> deserves the F title because again from his point of view you know they're trying to enact justice and he's you know he's on the side of justice where he starts and like you get where he's at you get why he wants to do what he wants to do and the only thing getting in the way is something outside of his control whereas like if his relationships with other characters didn't exist, you would totally be rooting for him to like do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then after that, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's referencing words of radiance and then uh, Oathbringer and onward. They're just a broken character that is being, being manipulated. So I don't think you can judge him for all that's happening at that point. Like he's basically, his depression is basically possessing him to do these things and he yeah. does horrible things, but it's not like, it's not, I don't think it's effable. I think it's something you should be like, you should pity, you know, and it's mm-hmm. nowhere near as bad as what Lysander did to my man Cassius, in my opinion. F Lysander. F Lysander. Oh man. And like, I, it was so funny. Cause like reading up to that point, I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to kill Cassius. I kind of get it, but I don't, I don't think people should hate him the way they do. And then that next chapter, I was like, I get it. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm totally on board now, man. Loki, a a cool fight was between Lysander and the Praetorian, like Roan T. Flavinius, yeah, or the yeah. Gray, and you know the Gray kind of like pulls out like all these like different gadgets, and you know I think yeah, and the only reason why Lysander ends up winning is kind of through sheer strength. Is is that am I remembering that right? I'm trying, I don't remember the details of it. I do remember feeling like he wouldn't have, I don't think either one of them, him or Cassius would have survived without each other. Yeah. But Roan, Roan at the end of the fight, like right before he's dying, he's like, if I was the gold yeah. and you were the gray, like. Oh yeah. 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 It was like, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like basically due to innate strength and like Roan was the better fighter. He was the better yeah. soldier. It was just again just the the prejudice of the society and like the systemic racism i don't know if i should use that there but it's like i don't know (laughs) all right let's wrap up with uh unless you have anything anything else you want to talk about like what do you think is going to happen with this bioweapon yeah like if he has the bioweapon that's like a trump card and so they either have to figure out a way to take it out or maybe we end up in that i i think there's a non-zero chance of it ending up being they all die and <laughs> the, the quicksilver's humans are the ones who are not affected because they have no color you know i you know what like now that i think of it, that's got to be the way it's going like they are 
that's going to come into play because they specifically say it can target any color and they are of no color. There's a connection there somehow. I don't know how, but, so, but do you think it can target there. all colors or do you think it's like a one-time use thing? Oh, I, I, I assumed it was a multi multiple time use thing. So I, I kind of thought it was like an ultimate Trump card there. What do you, what do you think? What's your prediction there? I think that it's going to be used maybe on golds level, the playing field. Well, the next book is called red God, right? Like, yeah. I assume that's in reference to Darrow, but it, we, there could be some rug pulled from under you. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's because Darrow dies. Okay, that's that's my other prediction. Darrow's dying and his legacy, he becomes a god. Just in, just in legacy. Like, that's how he, that's the only way he's referred that's, to as a god is because he's he's dead. That is a good point. Because they, they've mentioned things like that. Like, you can't, you can't create a martyr because then like he, it's beyond, I can't remember. There's like some quote they've used in this series, basically like if you kill Darrow and like, he's just, I remember, I remember somebody saying like, they're going to win. And the reason why they're going to win is because their God is alive or something along those lines. The person they worship is alive. Hmm. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I don't know. That's my, those are my predictions. All right. Well, I think this has been a good discussion of Lightbringer. We both loved it or yeah. really liked it. Yeah. So I'm excited. I can't wait for Red God. Me neither. Yeah, I'm way excited. Is that this year? No, I think it's, I, I would guess 2025. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Vantology. Ryan and Jake signing off. See ya.